Welcome to Stefan and Friends. As always, I'm Stefan. Thank you for taking the time to check out this episode. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. You made it through 2023. I know that we have big plans for 2024. We've got our resolutions made. We've got our vision boards all written out. So we're um, if you're like me, you're excited for 2024. I'm always excited for a new year. A new year, while it's not like, you know, the calendar flipped and it's not like war stopped or anything like that, but it's a psychological thing in our minds. And so a new year gives us a new chance to do things a little bit differently, build new habits, uh, form new new things and do new things and do things a little bit differently than we did the year before. For some of us, we have reading goals. For some of us, we have other goals, ministry goals, and things like that. So here we are, 2024, new year. Before we jump into today's conversation, as we go through this year, uh, we're going to be trying to release episodes one a month. As we have more friends joining in the conversations, they're going to be a little bit longer form. And so it's hard to have a lot of long form conversations that often because as you'll hear today we're gonna have some heavy and really important conversations and and the reason for that is i feel that we're gonna use this tool this medium this vehicle to peel back the layer on some of some of the important topics and these are topics that we don't discuss as i've always said you know what we don't discuss a lot of things in ministry as leaders we just don't talk about them and this podcast here is is a safe space to talk about things and hopefully these conversations spark things in your in your brain and amongst your your leadership circles um to tackle some of these things also love the fact that we have uh bible college students listening and you know i'm hoping that they see hey there's a there's a tie turning in some of these areas and so when they jump into ministry, they're, they're not going to have to fight such an, an uphill battle for, for different things. But because, you know, not to say this podcast, Stefan and Friends, is going to be, you know, earth shattering or anything like that. But hopefully we can spark some conversations. And one such conversation is the one we're going to have today with my friend David Dworka, who's going to share a bit uh, on mental health and the leader and just the importance of that for us as leaders. You know, oftentimes we have stories and we don't share them sometimes to protect people and sometimes because we're just not sure if it's appropriate to share stories. But um, stories are important. Your story is important. Your story matters. And so I want to encourage you to share your story. Maybe not like, don't do a, like a full-on TikTok of like what you've experienced. But, you know, let's <laughs> let's be a little bit open and let's share in 2020. Four. So without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend, David Dworka, my friend. We are, uh, we're going to have a little conversation uh, about the importance of mental health and counseling, especially in the aspect of, of being leaders. And I think that through this conversation, David's going to share a bit of his story and, and we'll get to hear from him. But the genesis behind this conversation um, is that we don't talk about uh, the mental health aspect enough in leadership. And so this is going to be an honest conversation, but a safe conversation. And I'm, I'm hoping that as we discuss this, you, the listener, whether you're a Bible college student, a pastor, a volunteer, a board member, whatever spectrum of the church leadership uh, role that you take on, 
I'm hoping that that things will pop up in your brain and that you will, you know, hopefully take the first step or the next step or whatever that looks like for you. So, uh, David, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being a friend. Um, I (laughs) appreciate you being here. Uh, if if you could, for the audience, just, just share a bit about your story and, and what led you to where you are today. That sounds kind of ominous, but I, as you, as you hear David share a story, you'll, you'll know what I mean by that. Yeah. What led me to where I am today is a combination of the goodness of God and life happening all at the same right. time. Um, so currently I am practicing as a registered psychotherapist. Uh, and I have been since 2020. Um, and then I'm also, uh, a workplace chaplain in the last year. And, wow. um, and so, uh, after having pastored for 14 years, I, I made the jump to, to counseling full time because it was something that I had gone back to school for, for the purposes of having greater skill to serve a congregation with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the door opened for it to become full time work. So originally right. I wanted to just continue to, bless those I was serving and being able to, to help. Um, and then the Lord just opened doors, but the the whole reason why counseling even became an option for me was because at age 19, the beginning of, of Bible college for me, um, it was like in my first year being away from home, pursuing my, my calling, it's like the the rug was pulled out from under me where I was no longer in my place of security and right. stuff stuff started coming up and as a result I was feeling like really depressed and feeling hopeless and I couldn't shake it. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing things that are that we tell people to do when they're in a rough season, you know, draw close to God or, you know, find wise counsel, surround yourself with. Um, But it just, those things were, were helping, but there was more that was needed. And so it took me about three tries until I found the right counselor who was a believer but who was also uh, like a registered psychotherapist who had like training and and licensing and was able to help me begin to unpack and deal with stuff like, you know, dealing with challenges of growing up in a blended family uh, challenges of, of, um, you know, having a view of oneself that was super negative and I didn't really realize it was until someone else was able to, to be with me face to face and tell me like, you know, what I'm seeing on the outside, David is not matching what's inside your mind. We need to sort of, you know, help you with this. And so I, I, I am where I am today because the help that I received back then almost 20 years ago was just, it was influential, life-changing, and healing all mixed mm-hmm. together to help me and, on a path where I am today. And I imagine not not to you know we're not gonna we're not gonna specifically say your age today. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. imagine twenty years ago, 
the idea of of therapy, especially for Christians, I don't think uh, I don't think the the environment that we have today, where it's a little bit more talked about, um, I don't think the environment was is was the same twenty years ago. It, it was uh, not. I was super DL about it. Like maybe right. I told like trusted friends like who right. and you had my back, but it was not as open as it is today where people say, yeah, I see a therapist. It was like, right. I, I remember just feeling some type of way about it at first. It took, it took years to get comfortable with the fact right. that this is okay. This is normal and this is helping me. So why am I going to feel, you know, some sort of way? about yeah. it? So, yeah. And I, and I, I, I mean, I, <laughs> We could talk about twenty years ago and what the church was like uh, twenty years ago, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if I, we might not want to take up that much time today. <laughs> uh, but but you know that idea, especially today, where it's a a lot more open. What, what do you think was like, in your humble opinion? What do you think? Yeah. Why, why was it not so talked about or frowned upon? I'm gonna I'm gonna think you know say maybe yeah. frowned upon twenty years ago. Why? Why was that a thing, especially in church circles? You know, I think, especially coming from a Pentecostal charismatic background, there is this foundational belief that God still moves today, works today, heals today, and it's only a prayer away. Right. So, So why would you go seek help anywhere else but the Lord, right? Yeah. And so... And and then even you get into that challenging situation of, well, like if you, if you have faith, you know, God can heal. Right. And so, and and I think there were people, I think that's why it was such an uncommon and maybe looked looked down on thing. It was even with myself because I'll blow your listeners away right now and say that (laughs) I was offered, I was offered like medication for my depression at one point because- And, and, and it took me, it took me months to come around because I was mm-hmm. like, well, but I believe that God can heal. Right. But the, right. the, the, ther- the therapist is saying, you are so low right now that the work we're mm-hmm. doing in session, I don't think it's getting through because your, your mood is so low that, that right. if you, if you use this medication, it might help us come to a point where you can see above the clouds a little bit and our work can be but- more effective. Right. And and to be clear, everybody, David is not saying prayer isn't essential <laughs> yes, and it, yes, yes. We, because because there will be that person that says that will hear what you just said and say, well, David said that prayer doesn't work. No, no, that's that's not what he said. That's yep. not at all what he said. I, it's, it's like the person who people. I don't know. I I'm going to I'm going to be I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be good. It's just. Uh, you know, there are so so much unhealthy things that holds people. You know, unhealthy thoughts of other people, yeah, or by other people that hold other people back because you know they'll look differently at them. Yes. Um and and I just I think that's done a lot of damage, especially in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Uh, just done a lot of damage to a lot of people. You know, who believe in Jesus, but also at the same time believe in just sitting down and have a professional uh, talk through things with them. And it's super important. And, and 
why we i mean again 20 years ago was a different time than yeah uh than today and so we're we're grateful that we've sort of moved forward but yeah, yeah. um i i think about you know the bible college student today who might be struggling right i you know i think if if 19 year old david dworko was in 2024 there might have been a counselor at the school to help yes yeah right and, like, ba- and back so, then when i was at school there was but there oh, was really? such yes yeah because uh oh, wow. one of my friends his his mom was a was a psychologist um hmm. she also taught and so you know she was available but it was so like i don't know like it wasn't something that was encouraged like vocally uh, right. but it was always like on a hush hush like yeah, we have someone you could talk to type of thing, right? Right. Um, yeah. And maybe seen like for extreme cases, whereas, you know, if people <laughs> are dealing with something that is, you know, a little unsettling, it, they could still benefit from having someone yeah. to talk it through with. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's interesting. I, so I, I, you know, I like talking to leaders. I like having conversations with leaders about leadership stuff. And, you yeah. know, as we, we look at the current landscape in leadership, uh, the amount that is put on pastors and it, and honestly, it's not even just lead pastors anymore, right? Like no. it's the, the, it's staff pastors, kids, yes. pastors, youth pastors, young adult pastors, right? Like just the pastor in general, the amount of stuff that's put on them, um, we not to say we neglect because I think we're doing, as you mentioned, we're doing a better job today of just talking about these things and the importance of counselors. But if you could just just talk about why you feel it would be important for pastors to to be in, I guess, therapy or just regular conversation with somebody yeah. who can help them process. Yeah. So I never stopped seeing a counselor from Bible college to my first pastorate till now. Mm-hmm as a full-time registered psychotherapist. So when I look back on my years in ministry, having my counselor um, to, to talk with on the regular, that was helpful because you're in a particular world and mindset. And so then you're able to exit that world and have someone that you can speak to about what you're facing, who's outside that world and can give outside perspective Right. Um, you can also benefit from the fact that someone uh, is there dedicated to supporting you with what you're bringing. Right. And usually in the pastoral role, you're juggling a lot. You're also dealing with your own like personhood and your own growth that there can be not just like regular stresses, but even like some times those uh real challenging internal like right. uh discussions with yourself about is this what I'm called to is this what I see right. myself doing how can I yep. be more effective have I wasted 5 years you know who yeah. have I impacted all that kind of stuff that that leaders yeah. can um be faced with uh when they're just thinking about am I am I doing a good job yeah, no, that's, uh, I, for the longest time, and I, you know, uh, I'll be a little open here, for the longest time, it usually is every summer, uh, oh. every summer, right before 
like a new school year would kick off. Yep. You know, you've had a great ministry season and then summertime comes and I would find myself just, just depressed. Just like, what, like, am I where God wants me to be? Yes. Is this the right place? Should I have applied for that job? Or, or even those conversations like, oh man, am I, am I here too long? Have I been here? You know, have I been here too long? Do I still like, is this, is this where God wants me to be? And, you know, I, full disclosure, we're talking about uh, therapy and, and stuff. I, I, um, I don't do therapy. I don't go to therapy, yeah. uh, but I should, uh, I will admit <laughs> that I, I should. Um, but I, you know, I never really thought about like, you know, why am I feeling this way? I've never, because here's what would happen. I'd go through like, you know, that low, that June, July, August season. Yeah. And then come September, you know, a couple of events into it, I'm sitting in a meeting, I'm talking to students, talking to parents. And I'm like, this is where God's called me to be. Uh, I just, yeah. but that, that idea, I wonder how many of us, how many people go through that and we just sort of battle it alone. Yes. When we don't really need to, or we, yeah. we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so I don't, and and even in saying that, like, I wonder how many churches um, would even force pastors, their pastoral staff, you know, into into saying, hey, listen, we value you and we value your leadership. And so we're including therapy in your compensation package. I know it's a radical idea and I know that might not be, you know, yeah. that might not be something everybody wants to do. But I, I know think there's church, just one church that does it because I, oh, I have really? a relationship with one of the, right. the leadership team and they are very, because of their own personal experience, they're very right. pro like we want you to be as healthy as possible and we'll make it, we'll support you in making it happen and being able oh, wow. to, yeah, yeah. So some if, people are thinking that way, but that person is of the same generation as myself. So, right. and I, and, and female as well. So, so, um, so you just mentioned it. So do you, do you think I'm, I'm going to veer off maybe a little bit of the yeah, script yeah. that I sent you, but yeah. do you think that we're, what we're, what we're talking about, are we waiting for not, I don't want to say a generation to die. That sounds terrible, <laughs> but are we waiting for yeah. a new generation, a different generation to be in leadership, a generation that maybe, um, recognizes these importances, how important this is. Um, and are we, are, and it sounds sad to say that now I think about it, but are we waiting for a, ge- a new generation to be in leadership to maybe start to have more conversations about that and maybe putting a little bit more onus on these things? So speaking for like, when I think of Western Ontario district, that's the right. leadership I've been under for a while. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of past district leaders who were pro health, right? Right. But they were from a generation where you didn't talk about, like your inner struggles, you just sort of bear down. Right. But Mm -hmm. now um, we have other leaders whose lived experiences are, are helping people to become more uh, open, more transparent about things. So when you say like, are we waiting for a next generation? I, I would say yes, because that next generation has the lived experience. So then they have the comfort factor of being able to say, I've been down this road and this is right. why it can be really helpful for you to go down yeah. this road as well. And, and you know, one of the people who's 
uh, here in the Eastern Ontario district. Um, one of the people who's been very open about just his conversations and just what he's been through is Jeremy, our, our Jeremy Albrecht, our district youth director. Okay. Uh, and he shared, he shared uh, a lot. Um, Shout out, Jeremy. I'm plugging your name and your podcast here. Um, but he, he shared a lot, you know, about his, his journey and mental health journey. And, and so, yeah, no, I, I, I think that that is, that is what's happening. I think you're right. We're seeing yeah. people with lived experiences stepping up and they're saying for the betterment of what's to come, you know, the future leader or the current leader now, but, you know, yeah. the current youth pastors who will one day be in lead, you know, lead pastors, right? Like, hey, guys, this is important. And if we can drill down on some on, on this this topic specifically now, when you're young in ministry, uh, it'll yes. serve you better as yes. you grow and grow. And then you know, I uh, yeah, I I just wonder. Uh, and and again, we're we're having more and more conversations. But why do we not discuss the mental health aspect, especially in leadership, especially amongst pastors? Or is that cha- are you starting to see that change as well? You know. I'm starting it to see I'm starting to see change but mm-hmm. within my cohort or generation. So now right. that I'm full-time counseling, I get referrals from the district or, or right. guys will reach out to me. Guys who are were the same age and they're they're like, "Yeah, I need to talk about what's going on and I need I need help." So there are people that are um that are beginning like who feel comfortable, who are reaching out for help. But again, I think it's a generational thing. I think it's people who have been growing up where they've um, ha- maybe had it modeled to them or, right. or they've had others encourage them and said, I've been down here. I've done this before. It was helpful to me. Maybe it can help you through this season. So there's a keyword in therapy we use called normalizing. So when people mm-hmm. come in, they, they think, you know, I'm the strangest person. I, I'm the weirdest person out there because I have this problem. And then the therapist's right. job is to bring that 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 vibe down by saying, "Listen, we talk to people all the time who have similar thoughts or similar feelings. There is nothing strange or p- peculiar about you. A lot of people have walked in your shoes and have felt the same way. And I think um, what we're seeing among like our generation of ministry leaders is that there has been normalization, right? Where people right. have said, this is a good thing. This is a healthy thing. And that it can be integrated to faith. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can right. be done together. Yeah. That uh, if we can normalize, you know, this aspect, I think that that's healthy. I mean, there we both know there are a lot of normalized things in ministry that are, so unhealthy that you know have <laughs> right it, it shouldn't and and listen yeah. we're we're two non-white brother brothers talking about that so we could if we if we just go down that road of things that are normalized yes. you know we'll, we'll find yes. ourselves in trouble uh oh, but man. but this I, yeah no if we can if we can normalize this mental health and leaders and being open about it and and talking to someone and letting people know that hey you're not you're not weird. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Yes. You're actually helping yourself. And, and not to say that, you know, you do it to benefit your ministry, but if you're a healthy leader in all facets, you know, physically, emotionally, and mentally, spiritually as well, um, then, 
does not flow out into your ministry, does not flow out, you know, into the conversations you're going to have with people in your church or for the youth pastor, the conversations you're going to have with students, because yes, I'm, you know, we, we, you, you can attest to this as well. There are a lot of people coming into our churches with mental health issues and, yes. you know, the church, I, I don't know how many churches are going to take a Sunday or God forbid a whole, you know, month just to focus on mental health. Yeah. Um, but if we're, you know, if we as leaders are, are having this normal practice of sitting down and making sure that we're healthy and, and, you know, making sure that we're getting outside counsel to, you know, up here in our, in our yep. brains, how much does that flow out and help the people that are coming to our churches? It, it's huge because I used to take the opportunity when I was pastoring to, 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 to mention what therapy had done for me in helping my walk with Christ. Right. So, so the depression was based out of like a lot of negative thinking. And so right. when I get to counseling, my, my counselor says, David, you're believing a lot of things about yourself that are in direct opposition to what scripture says about you, to what the Lord believes about you. And I would have said it can't be because I'm in Bible college. I'm, I'm, I know I'm called to ministry and I, I love God, but yet there was this dysfunctional thinking happening where I was holding myself to a standard that was not in line with scripture but I said mm-hmm. that I, you know, believed in scripture. And so cognitive behavioral therapy asks you to confront your thinking to see right. whether it's irrational or rational, to see whether it's clouded by negativity or self-criticism. And so the the way to help for me was um, allowing scripture to not just be what I believed, right. um, like, here but what i would believe here and so then Mm -hmm. it's almost like reprogramming of the mind to come in line with god's word so when i shared that from the pulpit and there was a lady sitting there who locked eyes with me with a grin on her face like thank you thank you for right thank you for acknowledging thank you for talking about this i you know i used to get that feedback that you know like you could sense like, oh, someone gets where I'm coming from and someone yeah, doesn't yeah. think I'm weird because I have a mental health challenge, right? Yeah. And and so, yeah, like it's it, it's so crucial that if we have the platform and the right place to let people know, to normalize it for them from that leadership yeah. position so that they can say, hey, if my pastor or my leader is 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 doing this because they – you know, know it can be helpful and that it's healthy. You know, I could do it too. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's, that's so key. Uh, that's, and man, I, I, I would hope that there are pastors listening who, you know, might be on the fence, but I would hope that they'd be encouraged by what you just shared. Uh, because if we have to be, we have to be understanding of the culture we're living in right now. And our culture has some, especially coming out of COVID, Especially after, you know, and, and we've all, all pastors, I think we've all read the numbers, we've all seen the studies, we've all, you know, whatever, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but now is our chance to actually 
act and operate in the in an area that uh that we that we see there's an issue so you know how can people who are wandering and still trying to figure out themselves in a in a post pandemic world i know the pandemic's not over technically cuz yeah. people are still getting covid but we're all, especially us uh, evangelical <laughs> folk we're all acting like it's over and and whatever so how can how do we as believers how do we and leaders step into a world that you know to share with them the gospel but not necessarily uh you know hit them over the head with scripture and say you'll be okay because god says so and the bible is and you know you're just thinking wrong but how can we we let them know hey listen uh we're struggling too at times we're we, we you know you're not alone and i think it's refreshing for people to walk into a church and hear about mental health from the pulpit yes. and to hear right yeah. like hey okay they're christian but they're still at the end of the day we're still human Yes. Yes. And we're, yeah. we're able to to speak to human needs. I I just I would hope that we're, I mean, aware enough. But we know that all churches some some churches operate in a bubble sometimes. Uh, yeah. And we yeah. we for we forget the outside world. Um. Okay, Dave. I got David. I got two more uh, questions for you. I don't want to okay, take man. too much of your time. It's all good. Okay. The, the first the first one are not necessarily a question, but but more of like, uh, would you talk to talk to the young leader the person in yes. bible college freshly out of bible college would you would you share with them maybe a couple of key things that you would think would be important as they go through ministry um and as they as they lead yep so you're going to come up against imposter syndrome maybe hmm. and where you're thinking like Am I really, you know, able to do this? And um, I know that I'm called, but I feel like I'm just trying to still figure things out as right. I go along. You know, it's it's good to have a healthy level of self-doubt. To not walk into yeah. the room and think that, you know, because I I now have my degree and I now have my position that I know what I'm doing. Um, I think there's something... Uh, we know it, but then sometimes when we're in the position and because of our youth, we don't always walk humbly. And I think right. uh, walking uh, with humility uh, and, and recognizing that you're still growing as a person, as you grow into the leadership position that you want to have um, kindness for yourself and you want to have a space where you can like have those trusted individuals where you can speak out loud those things that are going on in your mind about right. stuff that's going on. You don't want to just keep it inside and, and, and just, you know, be uh, hunkering down by yourself on it, but instead have the, the ability to like have the, the release valve to let steam off with trusted mm -hmm. people. I always come back to, um, Proverbs and the multitude of counselors, their safety, right? Right. You, you, you mm. just want to be talking to some of your trusted people um, and, and, and letting them know. Cause I think what happens is uh, if I remember my own experience, you're, you're young, you're faced with a lot of, um, I don't know if demands are the right words, expectations, expectations of right. how yeah, you yeah. should be and how you should be leading and, the kind of mm -hmm. example that you feel that you should set. And then you've got parents looking at you and you have 
yeah. the board having expectations, all of that is still when we think that the my friend was just quoting to this quoting this to me last night. 26, 25, 26 is when the brain is on its way to completely right. forming. And so we might be hiring people who are 24, 25. And I think of myself yep. back then, I'm just like, I'm just trying yep. to figure it out. I had great <laughs> yep. leaders who were mentoring me. Thank God for them because they were they were so good and so gracious. But, you know, there's a lot going on. And so instead of just trying to be super Superman and handle it all on your own, have those people who you can trust, who you can talk to, who you can offload to about right. things. And who will um, also pray with you uh, through yeah. those things so that you can have um, the Lord's help as he's shaping you so that you can shape others. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's yeah. really good. Oh, man, I listen, if you're a young leader under 25, <laughs> take in those <laughs> words uh, because trust David is right. We, You know, it, it wasn't until I was like, you know, 25, 26, 27 where my brain was like, okay, I think I understand who I am now. I think I really yes. get, I yeah. know who Stefan Watson is. I remember being asked one time by somebody who is Stefan Watson. And I was probably 22 at the time. And I really couldn't answer the question. Yeah. 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 I, couldn't. I just, I couldn't. And this was a, a pastor who maybe, you, you know, those, like those conversations where you're talking to a pastor who's like potentially thinking about interviewing you for a job. It's the interview. That's not an interview, but it's the interview, but it's not an interview. And so I remember just like not being able to answer that question. And then yours is like, you know, looking back, I was like, Oh wait, that's one of those interviews. That's not an interview. And I just, yeah. I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't able to answer that question of who I was, yeah. but you yeah. know, you can ask me now who I am and I know, I know who I am. And I, and so, yeah, no, that, that part is very clutch. Okay. Second, Second person I kind of want you to talk to. Yes. I want you to talk to someone, someone like me, someone who okay. you know. I understand the importance of mental health. I understand the importance of therapy. Um, yeah, I just don't go, and it's. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's probably that you know that old West Indian stigma in me, right? Like you know, bad man don't talk, right? You know, like, you know, what it is. you know what it is. Uh, but it, this past year just went through a. I would I would call it almost traumatic exit from a church um, where it just yeah it wasn't yeah. it wasn't good it really traumatic really was one of those like wow that just happened right like one of those yeah. you're le you you've been there for a long time I'll put it this way uh, we were there for uh 7 years we didn't get a farewell whatsoever but we had an interim pastor who was there for 8 months and got a farewell I'll leave it at that, right? So I'll, yeah, I'll leave it at yeah. that. Uh, yeah. um, so talk to someone like me, because I'm not the only one. I'm just going to be the poster child for them. Yeah, so talk yeah. to someone like me who, who should go to therapy, who just doesn't. So when you use the word trauma, we know that people are using that word way more than they ever have. Right. But, so some people want to say, people are blowing things out of proportion and saying, mm -hmm. you know, I've been traumatized. But right. we now know that having a traumatic incident doesn't have to be traditional, whether it's like abuse, accident, right. earthquake, you know, all that kind of life shattering stuff. What you just described is exactly traumatic because you had right. seven years of stability and all mm -hmm. of a sudden you don't. 
and the root definition of trauma is a loss of sense of safety. So when right. you have a loss of sense of safety, your brain is in like panic mode. It's um, you get heightened with like uh, a sense of um, fear and you don't have the same sort of sense of uh, safety, stability, um, yeah. comfort that you're used to. Yeah. And, and that's that, exactly kind of, that kind of stuff is exactly what a therapist can help you process and give you tools to regain your sense of safety. And Mm -hmm. those tools are, I would dare say are God given tools because when you get down to the wiring with the brain and with the body and how it can help itself uh, regulate again, those are gifts from the Lord to us to help us through these Mm -hmm. um, difficult circumstances that we might endure. So I, I would say that, you know, aside from like trauma, but when you're dealing with stressors, when you're dealing with like people stressors, you want to find ways to to help yourself manage that. And what we try to do in counseling is not only provide the safe, you know, secure listening ear, but we're also trying to give people tools, things that can help them to uh, begin to relax better begin to think through things in a way that's more helpful than more catastrophic. Um, We're we're really trying to equip people. And so that's one of the things that I feel very privileged to do is that I'm not just listening for the sake of just being able to let them have a space to vent, but I'm, I'm giving them stuff to go away with to help them Mm -hmm. begin to help themselves. Um, right. Regain a sense of safety, regain a sense of calm, whether it's dealing with, you know, anxious thoughts or depressed thoughts or just trying to, like, give people maybe a new script to follow that's based yeah. on based on scripture, like something that's like a coping uh, scripture sort of like statement affirmation. So we do all that kind of stuff with with trying to help people work through their, um, through their various difficulties. So we're really trying to equip people as much as we are listening and helping in that way. Right. No, that's good. That is good. I, I would be remiss. I'm going to sneak this one in there. I would be remiss because it is a part, especially as you know, generation, I don't know what generation we're up to. Zed, um, gets into ministry. Uh, and this might, I don't know, hopefully we don't take up too much time with this one, but how much does social media play into the brain of a leader today? And are we, I mean, listen, every church, we all have social media. We all, whatever, right? We want we want people to come to our church. We display it, but yeah, are we seeing, is it too much? Is it becoming too unhealthy? Uh, in the in the brain of a leader the the impact of so is is social media impacting us i mean, i think we know that social media is impacting us negatively yeah but are we are we in the church leadership space giving it too much uh too much credence all right so great question and i would answer your question with a question so you have a young one i have a 13 year old an 11 year old and an 8 year old we have locked down the 13 year old's phone Because we have heard from other parents that social media has just wrecked their kids' mental health. 
because mm. the kids don't have filters. They don't right. have empathy. So they just say whatever they want and, and do whatever they want. And there's this element to social media where you're, 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 you're putting out your best and you're right. wanting to get affirmation from what people see as the best. And so then right. if that's all that you're hanging on and hoping on, and you don't have your sense of self-worth rooted in like the Lord and rooted in like healthier aspects of like how you relate to people and, and, and how you are there for people, then you can open yourself up to living and dying by the right. post. And you know better than me because I'm, I'm barely on social media because right. a while ago, it just, it got to be like, I was never posting stuff, but then when other pastors started posting stuff, I just had this, this, like, yep. there was a hesitation, like, are they doing this because, you know, yep. it's all about evangelism or are they doing this because they want to promote themselves? Right. Right. And then like, what happens when, what happens when you base your, yeah, your self-worth all on that? Right. And so I think it's, it's very uh, dangerous ground to walk on. I think you want to have the right sort of parameters for yourself yeah. on social media um, so that it's not about you, but it's like right. you said about your church or about yeah. like the ministry that they're offering, but it's not about, Hey, come see me because yeah, I think yeah. it's just, it's just dangerous. Very yeah. Dangerous. And, but yeah. And, and, and like, we could probably take up another 20 minutes on the social media aspect alone because of yeah. how unhealthy and toxic it is. I, I try to remind people, you know, social media isn't like a real place, right? Ah. Like you think about the amount of people who spend time on the filters for their picture. Why? Like, just think about that for a second. Like how much time are we spending on filters? So what are we trying yeah. to, what are we trying to share? What are we trying to tell people? I, I would always tell students, right? Like, especially even with myself, yeah. if I post something on social media, I'm going to say it to your face. And I always used to tell students, if you can't have a conversation with somebody face to face about what yes. you have just posted, then you're don't, don't post it because yep. you're only inviting a lot of who knows what's going to happen. And people on social media have no filter. I have, you know, I post things, but anything I say on Facebook, I'm going to say to your face. Yeah. And if, and if I'm not, if I don't, if I'm a coward and won't say certain, some things to your face, I'm not going to post it on social media. Yeah. And that is because social media I've seen, I've, you know, in youth ministry, just the amount of things that come out of social media that, you know, people are harming themselves and just because of a picture or a post or comments and, and things like that. And I, I truly believe the, the human brain isn't meant to handle yeah. that amount of just everything that comes with it. Yep. We're just, I don't think we're built for that. No, and, but, but here we are, we're here in 2024. Yes. And so, yes. you know, I think that there's, there's so much that we could, we probably need, you're right though. We do need to put parameters in place. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to put parameters. And I just think, you know, as parents, we're, we're so, we're always thinking about what's best for our kids. Right. And then, and, and, and we're so like careful and, and wanting yep. to protect them. And we need to start yep. thinking about that for ourselves. 
about is yeah. this good for me? Is this healthy right. for me? Is this helping me or is this hurting me? You know, mm-hmm. and, and having that sort of perspective towards towards ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, listen, if you're listening to this, you just got free pastoring from from David right there. He just gave you some stuff. So when you use this, because I know you're going to use it, when you use it, make sure you heard it. You heard David Dwork on Stefan and Friends. All right. Make sure you heard it. Make sure you make sure you tell people that. David, this has been a uh this has been a good conversation. We're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a follow up uh in the future. I would love uh, to. I was honored. You, Thank you. Oh no no, I'm honored you said yes. Uh, I don't have many friends, so you're you're a friend of mine. Um, But if if one, if you want people to get in contact with you, where can they do that? Um, DavidDwarka.ca is my website, or you can find me also on PsychologyToday.com if you type in David Dwarka, and uh, and you can get me from there. Yeah, sweet. Sweet David, thank yeah. you so much uh, for this time. Uh, this is um, this has been Stefan and friends. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for listening, David. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. That was my conversation with David Dworka, and what a rich and just awesome conversation. Um, honestly, such an important topic, and I I hope to have David back on again in the future. Listen, before we go, you know, got to hit the plugs, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, you know what the Substack is, you know where we're at on the Twitter box, or sorry, X, uh, Threads, IG, Stefan and Friends. That's where we're at. If you, um, you, you know, you hated something I said, or you hate something I say, you can reach out to me. Let's talk about it. Um, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Uh, just kidding. Appreciate the listeners. Appreciate the feedback I get. Stay tuned if you um, if you're looking for the archive. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on wherever you get your podcasts. Got some good episodes back there. Uh, conversation with Elise Brower. Conversation and uh, just some of the the solo episodes. If you got a topic, maybe you have an idea of a, of a topic that we need to cover that I need to cover, but with a friend. Maybe you are that friend. Send me the send me the link, guys. Let's let's chat, let's dialogue, and let's see what we can make happen. I appreciate you tuning in once again. Thanks to David Dwork for joining me. I'll see you. Well, I probably won't see you, but you'll you'll hear from me again soon. Soon time. All right, peace out. Once again, happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Bye.